Thwip. Thwip. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the X Button Podcast. Today is August the 23rd of 2021. August is already almost over. This year is already almost over. We're flying. It's time's passing so fast that I don't think I'm going to last. Hope everybody had a great weekend. I know that, uh, I know that there's some, a couple things that came out that we can talk about, but first I want to kind of give you guys an update on what's been going on in my world. Uh, my weekend was great. I think, um, I had a house sit, take care of a dog. It was, it was fun while it lasted, but I, you know, I'm, once you, once you're like, once you have your, like your own, your own place set up and you, you've grown accustomed to it finally and you're stuck in there, leaving it for that long was like, I just want to go home. I don't feel like I'm home right now. Uh, sleeping in the bed was fine. Like luckily the, the house is really nice. The dog is amazing. Like everything was easy about it, but, uh, I miss, I miss my living room. I miss my, my setup. I miss my bed. I miss, you know, I miss my house. I miss taking a shower here. Like I miss everything, man. I mean, this is like my home now, you know, like I've, this is what I made it to. And, um, just being away from it is like, I got homesick pretty fast. It's like, I just want to, I just want to be in my own place. I was just like, I cannot wait to go home. But now the weekend's over, my weekend is spent, and uh, it was not all lost upon responsibilities. It, it, there, I did some things. I played 12 minutes, talk about it later. I played Call of Duty. We'll talk about it later a little bit. I know you guys are tired of hearing it. And uh, there's some, some stuff that's come out. So, so yeah. Um, did you know that when I came home, I saw a huge spider in my kitchen? That was dope. That was fucking awesome. Love that. You love to see it. Did you know that my milk expired in my fridge the day I left to go house it? Did you know that I can't think of any more, but um yeah, mild inconvenience. Anyways, let's get it let's get into the show. We have some things to talk about, but as you guys always know, we'll start with the goddamn what you've been playing, what you've been watching, what you've been seeing, what you've been eating, what you've been feeling, what you've been, how you've been feeling. Hmm. Hmm. Add some mental health to it. You know what I'm saying? We'll see how it goes. Uh, if I remember, I'll get to that at the end. Let's start with what have I been playing. Now, I've been playing 12 Minutes. 12 Minutes came out for PC and Xbox on Friday. Uh, it is a narrative-based game based in a house the whole time. And it's it's based around a murder mystery. There is somebody who's been murdered. I'm not going to say who. You're in an apartment with your wife, and a cop comes to investigate where, where, who, when, why, how the murder went down. Um, and it's your job to kind of like narratively guide him, guide your wife. Uh, there's items to kind of look through, pick up. You can do different scenarios. It's very interesting the story or uh, the style of game it is for. Um, how the cameras light like it's very unique I, I can't think of many games that are much like it um, it is definitely a point-and-click game like a uh, Grim Fandango or something like that like it's very it looks like it works better on a mouse and keyboard than it does for Xbox but I played it on Xbox just fine it was a little 
that was a little weird moving a cursor around with your your mouse, but all in all, it was uh it was interesting. Like you could do a bunch of different things. Uh, it's kind of hard to talk about without spoiling, and I'm realizing. But um, there's a lot of twists and turns. There is a um, big reveal at one point. There is hmm. Yeah, it's hard to talk about without spoiling it. But all in all, you should check it out. It's free on Xbox uh, Game Pass, and I believe PC Game Pass. It is unique, to say the least. And it it's not a very long game either. Like, if you are pretty good at puzzles and figuring out, like, contextual clues for things, like, you'll you'll probably, you'll probably get through it pretty fast. But, um, I don't know. The, the, back to the, like, the, the story setup. The characters are played by James McAvoy, I think his name is. The guy from, uh, yeah, James McAvoy, the guy from Days of Future Past. He's from Split, movies like that. Um, he plays the main protagonist. Then your wife is played by Daisy Ridley, and then the cop is played by William Defoe. Um, I don't think their contributions honestly add much to the story. And honestly, I think the the voice acting wasn't that wasn't that great to me. Like I, I kind of expected more out of it, and it to be better. Uh, I don't, I don't know what I really expected. Like I don't know how you could produce these lines better. Because it seems like they just gave him the script and just said, hey, read off this list of lines and you're going to deliver. It's just going to be like automatically put in whenever you play the game uh, at different points or something. But uh, you don't really realize that Daisy Ridley and James McAvoy are them uh, because Daisy Ridley is doing an American accent and James McAvoy is also doing an American accent. But they're both kind of like very plain voiced, not really much expression. Or over, there is certain points where it's like overexpressed, and I'm like, all right, draw back there, buddy. But all in all, the game's good. Obviously, William Defoe's great. He's fucking William Defoe. It sounds like him. He's like, hey, hey back, the, you know, whatever. Um, but all in all, check it out if you are interested in that kind of style of game. Uh, point and click, narrative base, murder mystery. Um, now what else have I been playing? I've been playing Call of Duty. Played a little Call of Duty. The we got into gunfight tournaments over the weekend, which is the two v two mode, but it's a tournament. And if you win, you get a blueprint for a weapon. I made it to the finals twice. Do I love that? Yes. Uh, and that's all I have to say about it. I really don't want to dive in deeper than that. Just know that I'm upset with Call of Duty right now, and we'll talk more about Call of Duty Vanguard in a little bit, which is the newer game. And we'll go to the next game I've been playing. So. There's a little game that came out Friday, which I believe I talked about Friday and uh, Thursday a little bit. Ghost of Tsushima, Iki Island, whatever the fuck it's called. The DLC for Ghost of Tsushima, as well as it being ported to the PS5 platform under the name Director's Cut. You get all the bells and whistles. You get a couple new features like loadouts and lock-on. If you wanted to do that, you have to enable them in the settings as well. It's not something that's just automatically on for this version, but... You know, it's, it's a cool addition, nonetheless. Ghost of Tsushima. Now, one thing I... Now, one thing I realized when I started the DLC was that... I miss how beautiful this game is. It is so beautiful. And uh, it just being ported on PS5 makes it so much more immersive. The wind is blowing so hard. Uh, I, I get to actually use my platinum armor that I got from platinum platinuming the game. 
I got my white armor from doing the correct ending. And uh, if you have red armor, then you probably made the wrong decision. That's why it's red. Red typically means bad. White typically means good. So piece that together with, you know, contextual clues yourself. And then you'll be playing 12 minutes a little early. Anyways, um, it's cool that I get to use those armors, them armors, th those, those armors, those armor. Uh, because once you beat the game, you unlock them and there's like nothing else to do, especially the platinum one. Obviously you get it from completing hundred percent, pretty much everything. So once I unlocked that, I was just like, okay, deleted it. And that was that. So I turned on ghost on Friday. I, um, I ported my save over, popped all the trophies. So I got the platinum already. Great. Love that. And then I start the DLC like I said, you get to use the previous stuff. You get all the bells and whistles, so it's looking great. It feels great. I don't remember how to play this game at all. And there are certain things you need to know. There are 10 things you need to know. It's, um, like the fucking like parrying, for one. I forgot about that. L1. Then I forgot about, you know, you, get, you got to dodge at the right time. You got the dojos or whatever the hell they say. Then you got like... The unblockable attacks, the blockable attacks, the throwable stuff, like... And then you have your, your own ghost fucking Super Saiyan mode. Your, uh, what do you call it? Your resolve. You have that kind of stuff. Um, so it took a while for me to get back used to, like, all the, all the features and controls of that game. Anyways, I tried the lock-on system, and I was like, fuck this. It was very jarring because i feel like i got used to playing it the other way which works it works very very well um that's not what i was really like getting accustomed to again it's more the actual button inputs but the um the combat itself is still great like i still love that but there was one glaring issue with this uh this expansion i loved talking to the characters and getting it started but the first mission you go on, and I don't think this is spoilers, but this, the first mission you go on that I went on was to get my horse back. And when I went to go get my horse back, what the fuck do you know? It is a mission where you have to follow footsteps. Now, if you're not familiar with Ghost of Tsushima, I would kind of consider it a footstep following simulator or a Fox Den simulator or Assassin's Creed in Japan. But, you know, all that sounds like defamatory towards Ghost of Tsushima. But uh, it's really not. It's just more facts. And uh, some people can't accept it, and that's fine. But Respectful Joe has to point that out for some people who can't, who can't put that together. Okay? Um, anyways. Anyways, anyways. Hate aside. Love aside, rather. I'm Respectful Joe. The... Uh, after, after that like little side mission came up, or the whatever it is. Main mission, side mission, I don't know. Uh, once I had to follow footsteps, I was like, fuck me. I really did not want to do this. Like, this is not how I wanted to spend my time in this game. I kind of wanted to get back into it, have it story heavy, go in fighting, which they do a little bit at the beginning, but it's, you know, very light. You're fighting like three dudes and it's kind of, it's kind of like, Hey, remember how to use these weapons and da da da. And then you get on a boat and then fuck off to Iki Island. Uh, it's nice having Jin back, even though he's very plain straight face doesn't really deliver lines very well but uh it's nice being back in this story where like i had grown very attached to the actual main story of the main game but uh 
being back in this one, I was like, part of me just feels like, I wish this was like a separate game with like a separate platinum. Obviously, Ghost of Tsushima is, but like, they did such a good job with like the Legends aspect, and then they just cut off support for it. And then now they're adding an actual campaign or story DLC, and it feels like a bundle of side missions so far. And I'm not fully done with it, obviously. I'm still like a little bit into like two or three missions in, but uh, it hasn't felt monumental to me yet. There was a cutscene, but even then I was like, I don't really care about these characters at this point, especially this long being out of that world. I'm like, all right, come on, just give me the next story for Jin. I don't want him to, I don't know. It's like, it's like graduating high school. Then a couple months later, you have to do summer school. And then you're like, okay, summer school, come on, get this shit over with. Let me go into fucking college. Um, if that makes sense. I don't know if that applies, but that's how it feels. It just feels more like uh, half of an experience that I would rather have. Like I would, I want a full game. I want Ghost 2 or a Miles Morales style spinoff. And I kind of wish they did that here. I wish they would have expanded more on this DLC because uh, Adrian, friend of the show, beat it. So, uh, and he said it was pretty quick. So I'm like, and that's not the only place I've heard it, that it was quick. But I'm saying, why not add more content to it? You have the area, you have the map, add more content to that map. Maybe make like new experiences as in like, Certain things you can check off from the list, similar to like the Fox Dens or different types of dens that you can go into. Maybe add more duels, make them more unique to some of the ones that were in the game. Uh, they added a couple features to the horse so far at the beginning. So they, they have expanded a little bit, but it feels like a half step so far to me where I want a full step, maybe a stumble ahead and maybe a fall down some stairs and then land and then have a couple full more steps after that, you know? Um, but that is me being a greedy fan. So I'll take, I'll take it as it is. That's fine with me. I just, ha I need to spend more time on it so far. I'm loving being back in the world. I'm hating some of the missions I'm doing. If that makes any sense. That's my overall impression so far of Ghost of Tsushima DLC. Now let's get to what have I been reading? Hey Jordan, what have you been reading? I don't know yet. Let me tell you, uh, absolute carnage. I started back into that again. Uh, if you did not know, I finished the mainline story. I loved it. It's fantastic. It's about Carnage hunting down all these different people who have ever worn the symbiote suits to get their codec, which is like a DNA imprint of the suit, into their spine where uh, he thinks if he collects them all, he can resurrect this god called Null, which is the god of the symbiotes. It's leading to another story, so I'm fine with it, but... The side stories that happen after the main line story in this book is like, it's fucking great. Like it gives way more development into other characters like Eddie Brock's son, all these different things. There's a Spider-Man comic in there that's talking about, uh, goes deep into like his relationship with Mary Jane before all the events, which is great. And then it delves into it more and more and more and more. So, um, also Reed Richards, uh, man, I, I don't want to get too spoiler because... People, people listening are reading it, so I'm not going to say anything. But loving it. Carnage is great. I also read Spider-Man Life Story, which is fantastic. So this story is based around a... So like, all right, for instance, in the real world, the world we live in, they had Spider-Man in the... I think it was like the 60s 
uh, he had the black symbiote suit in the comics. That's when they first did it in Amazing Spider-Man. And then they, and you know, and or uh, they showed Venom and shit like that. So in the story, it starts off in the fifties where he starts, like kind of. This this is where they start the story. Basically, he's normal Spider-Man doing his thing, and then it literally goes through the ages. It will go fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, tens, or thousands and tens. So, uh, every point in this storyline. It's like one complete life story from his from his start as Spider-Man to like later in life, and it basically lines up with the timeline of real life. So, in the '60s, in this book, he's that's when he's kind of interacting with the the black suit and all that. And then like when he gets to like the tens, that's when Miles is in the story now and shit. So it skips ahead through his life, but it, it puts this whole chronological release of like actual spider-man stuff that they added to the comics in our world and they just toss it all into like one life so basically his whole legacy as spider-man in our real life uh in terms of like when comics came out and shit like that line up in this book from start to finish of you know like for instance like like i said in the 10s miles is there obviously he wasn't there in the 50s 60s 70s in real life so like he was invented in like the 2010s or 20s whatever anyways story was fantastic i love it the characters are great you kind of get some og spider-man comic vibes you get some newer stuff in there it's fantastic one of the best spider-man story i've ever read and uh, i kind of honestly wish they would make a movie like that to kind of like have a nice start to finish spider-man story it's pretty good Anyways, um, that's all I've been reading. I haven't watched anything. We got some new stories here we can get into, so let's just go ahead and get into that. Starting with number one, WWE 2K22 was announced again, and they showed more gameplay. It looks pretty good. There are a little bit of little little spots of like wonky animation and shit, which I'm like, I guess you know, I, I don't I don't really know what to expect from 2K at this point. The other ones have been such a shit show that. It, I don't have high expectations, but from what they've shown graphically so far, it does look good. I did hear before that it might be only on PS4 and Xbox One, which if they do that, you might as well just fucking not release the game. That's so stupid. But if they do do that, then it could be cool. All in all, it got its release month for next year in March, March 2022, which is kind of weird. I kind of expected it this year. They've been off for a few years now and, uh, I think it would have made sense for it to come out this year. It doesn't look like they've done a, like drastic leaps forward in terms of actual like the bits of gameplay they've kind of shown. It looks like I said the animation is a little bit dated. Maybe they might still be reusing some of the assets. So I couldn't imagine why this would take that long. Uh, honestly, all you have to do is part uh, polish up some of the mechanics of the old game because obviously it was a dumpster fire, but. I think with some polish, it could have, could have been good, but I don't know. And on top of that, WWE is releasing every fucking wrestler right now. There's CM Punk's and AEW now. That happened over the weekend. If you're not into wrestling, sorry. But uh, CM Punk's and AEW now. WWE released like 30 fucking wrestlers over the past two or three months. So who knows what's going to happen when this, with this game. By the time it comes out, most of the roster's probably not even going to be in the WWE anymore. Um always wonder what they do with like dated dated shit like for instance if bobby lashley was there this month 
and he has a gimmick and he's out. By the time this game comes out in March next year, it's going to look dated if you're just using all this old shit of like the last time we saw Bobby Lashley. I don't know if that really makes sense, but um, I feel like there's definitely going to be some dated stuff when it comes out and it's going to be kind of DOA in terms of being relevant, which kind of sucks because this game needs to kind of be their big flagship back into like the mainstream eyes because 2K is a big company. They have a lot riding on this in a way because this game used to sell a lot. It used to be very popular. It used to be successful, but as of late, the past couple games have been shit. You know, the, the updates have been bad. I think they just need to go the route of the ultimate that I was talking about before where just in kind of like similar what FIFA's doing right now where you kind of have a platform where you just release the game, call it WWE 2K, whatever, and then every year release packs that people can buy if they want to get an updated roster, updated stats, updated this, updated that, uh, or do it for free. You know, that's even better. Uh, but all in all, it just seems like this game and most of these like yearly releases are kind of slowly becoming relics even call of duty a little bit to an extent <clears throat> like i liked the trailer before but i think it still seems dated with the animations like there's times and they always do that fucking camera camera pan where it like goes down the gun he's reloading and it kind of like pans over the face of the shooter and um i don't know they're very like cliche with their trailers which kind of sucks and i think it ultimately comes down to their animation like whoever whatever animations are using for the actual player running around and moving left and right like it looks like it's that dated tech on the outside when i'm sure when you're playing it it feels great and it's no no big deal it probably feels more like warzone really at this point but oh yeah that's another thing warzone feels way different than cold war cold war is like more of a classic quick shooter warzone is a slower realistic take on the game so i'm like i'm wondering if this game is going to be like more like Cold War or more like World uh, Modern Warfare because this is basically a this is Sledgehammer's game, so it's not tra uh, Treyarch or Infinity Ward. So I don't know I don't know which way this game's going to go. Is this going to be its own flavor? This game might feel completely different, and we might fall in love with something new. But from what they've shown, I like the campaign stuff. I think it looks great, but like the animation and the gameplay might show something different. So I'm waiting for that multiplayer. Anyways, next on to the next story. Call of Duty Vanguard Alpha is announced for August 27th. So we will try it out soon. That is a good thing. Uh, I am very curious to see how this performs, especially on PlayStation 5, because Call of Duty Cold War was technically the first one to be released for PlayStation 5, even though it was on other platforms and shit. It is one of the first to kind of get that next-gen treatment from... Uh, Activision in general in terms of Call of Duty. So I'm wondering how polished and smooth this game's going to play on next gen and what kind of features it's going to give you in terms of like ray tracing, 120 frames, of course, 60 frames, whatever. Uh, is it going to be 4K? I mean, that's even a question at this point, which is kind of weird after saying certain games that don't have 4K. Uh, all in all, back on Cold War when it first launched and even a little bit now, there are times where it feels like in heavy graphical instances, for instance, like uh, zombies when there's a lot of people on screen, it gets framey. It does. It, it turns from like 60 frames to like 30 and sometimes less. And I'm like, is that the hardware limitations? Is the game not optimized well enough? Is the next game going to be optimized better? Because Cold War was available on PlayStation 4. 
so I'm wondering if like some of these features might be because of that. I don't know. Um, we can talk about it whenever the game actually does come out or when this beta starts. So hopefully it is solid, a next gen, fully next gen experience. I'm not sure if they've announced if it's going to be on PS4 or not, but the trailer looked good. I don't know. I really don't know where to stand on it. I don't know what this alpha is going to be, but it is an alpha, which is so weird that they're an alpha, like a couple, like not that far from release if it does come out this year. So, Hey man, up to them. The next and last story we are getting to today is the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer has leaked, uh, which is unfortunate for, I guess, Marvel, but uh, I hear that today it should be officially announced or a the full trailer will be released. What they showed, I'm not going to spoil, but there is fe- there are features in terms of like VFX and shit not fully rendered in this leak. And the leak is like from a... It's a video screen being recorded that is being recorded from an iPhone that's probably being recorded from an Android and then recorded from another iPhone and then posted and, uh, you know, recalibrated for the internet at a different frequency or whatever the fuck. It's just, it looks like shit is what I'm getting at. And, uh, of course, why would it, why would it not be? But this one's actually official, which is nice. It's enough to trend on Twitter as well as certain characters trending on Twitter. So be careful on Twitter if you're trying to avoid spoilers. Uh, because there are characters that are announced that are probably going to be most likely talked about in a lot of spaces because it's such a big thing. So, so try your best to avoid spoilers. If you want to stay blind on it, if not, then it's out there and all it's glory and people are talking about it like crazy. So, uh, I cannot wait. I hope the trailer drops officially so I can see it in HD or even 1080p or even 720p. Because whatever they showed was like super, super fucked, super blurry. I started to question whether the actors were really them or not, but it looked legit and everybody's reacting legit. So we'll see on that. Also, the person who I guess leaked it or the VFX artist who was recording it for some whatever reason, uh, their name is literally watermarked on the video. So uh, good luck finding new work, maybe. Good luck finding a new job. I don't know. Um, yeah, but that's been it, guys. That's all I really have for you today. Not much has went on this weekend because I've been house-sitting, and uh, we'll get back to it tomorrow. You know, another day, another podcast. Hope everybody has a great Monday. I know it's a slow start to the week, especially with this pod, and uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for listening.